Two supplements I take every day now to maintain muscle mass as I age are creatine and essential amino acids. And I have an awesome discount for you on exactly what I take. Most of us, I think, have the goal of aging well or maintaining or even building muscle mass, especially as we age. In order to do this, your body needs sufficient amino acids because they are the building blocks of your tissues. Unfortunately, research shows most women aren't getting enough essential amino acids, and studies actually show our need increases as we age. It can be a huge problem if you're not getting enough essential amino acids because they're vital for muscle protein synthesis, tissue repair, and nutrient absorption. Amino acids aren't just for people who strength train. No matter what you do to stay fit, amino acids are essential, especially to muscle maintenance. Keon Aminos is my fundamental supplement for fitness. I personally have been taking Keon Amino capsules daily, both on workout days and off days to support my body's amino acid requirements. And then I take creatine to support strength and recovery. I just mix a scoop in water because it is totally tasteless. I chose Keon because they are backed by over 20 years of clinical research. They have the highest quality ingredients, no fillers or junk, and they undergo rigorous quality testing. They make essential amino acids available in capsules or powders that you can mix with water. The powders taste great. So if you're not a capsule person, you can definitely take the essential amino acids, mix it with water, and it's something great you can sip on throughout your workout or throughout the day. If you want to naturally boost energy, build lean muscle, and enhance athletic performance, get Keon Aminos. You can save 20% on all subscriptions, which is what I have. Just go to getkeon.com forward slash wellfed. That's get, G-E-T, Keon, K-I-O-N, dot com forward slash wellfed to get my fundamental supplements for fitness, Keon Aminos. You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome, friends. We are so happy that you are here. This is episode number 449. And I am here again with my long, long time co-host, Stephanie Ruper. Welcome, Stephanie. Long. <laughs> it's been 84 years. That 84 is that gift, you know? Oh, it's been 64 <laughs> years. Anyway, um, yeah. Hey, what's up? Long time. I think about that every once in a while. It's nuts. And there must be people out there podcasting in their early 20s and I ain't listening to them, but I'm not listening to anybody podcasting, so it's fine. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Do you listen to podcasts at all? Mm -mm. Do you listen to like audio books? Mm -mm. When I'm doing things like driving or chores or like things, you know, a lot of people like to put on something to consume content, but I yeah. really, I need... I really like silence. I don't listen to stuff hardly ever. When I work out, when I run, silence always. What? Well, unless I'm doing like a YouTube thing, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a really big fan of silence. I I like driving with music, but if, yeah, it's when my brain does the things. <laughs> like yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, everybody's brains do things, but I just it really helps me. Silence. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> the opposite of me. <laughs> I'm like. I have a minute and it's silent. I'm like, what can I freaking put on? I can't stand this anymore. It's just but, a, per it's just preference. I don't think it's yeah. better or worse. I mean, I could be consuming content and I'm not, maybe I should be. So 
Yeah. For me, it's, it's fun content though. It's never informational. And actually I was just thinking about this today. I used to like to read when I was little now, not a reader. I'm not going to apologize for it. I many times have ordered books and want to read them, but let me tell you, it's because the books that I read are usually self-help or informational. Now I read books when somebody's about to come on as a guest, I can get through it. I know the gist it's like work for me. Like it's good. Reading in my like spare time as an enjoyable hobby, not going to happen. But I think that I, because it's always like you need to either fix yourself or it's like information heavy. That is why informational, you know, whatever scientific, it's probably why I view it as work and not as play. So I need a book that's like interesting and fun and I don't even know what that would be because books are not interesting <laughs> to me. But I'm like, I need to just read a not like just a story. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. They're good. I, I actually I, I enjoy reading stories so much that I don't do it because I'm either all in on a story and I'm letting myself read it for eight hours or I'm not like I can't I'm not off on. I can't. I like it too much. So I don't do it. Um. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't put a book down after a few pages. If it's a gripping story that would, I can't. <laughs> so yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I'll be a reader. I may think about it. <laughs> and, you know, and nobody's got to consume content the same way, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm definitely a podcast listener, but I, it's none of the podcasts that you would think it's, it's all <laughs> recaps and just, Pure entertainment. So there you go. Um, Good. Anything new that you need to share with us? Nope. But next time we chat, definitely. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. All you good here. Me. I gave you a lot of the big updates last time. I still think <laughs> North Carolina is super cool. Still um, taking it one step at a time. You dropped a little nugget to me offline, which I'm not going to bring up, but I, she's shaking her head. Um, but I'm excited to hear more. Maybe you can share someday. I love the mystery. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. Um, All right. <laughs> All right. She stuff's like, don't go down this road. Just go to the questions. Question number one is from Jody. She says, how do you set healthy boundaries around body image and weight loss? I believe it's okay to have weight loss goals and want to be happy with the way we look and feel, but it's really tempting to set a new weight loss goal when you've achieved your original goal. Maybe a separate question, but why is it so hard to say my goal is to stay just the way I am? That is a great question. It is okay to have weight loss goals and it is important to be comfortable with the way that we look. Um, I really like all the affirmations made in this question. Um, and it, I think it is very much, very, very, very much a related question of um, my goal is to stay the same or I have no goals. <laughs> I have no goals in this arena. I do. I mean, it's, it's good to have like a goal of maintenance just for the sake of not having to keep juggling your clothes or to like have a range you know, I'm in a range. Um, and that's like, that's totally cool. That's, that's perfectly legitimate. Um, I think 
we live in a society that profits off of our dissatisfaction in every realm of life. And it makes the most money when we are dissatisfied with ourselves. It has actually been conclusively demonstrated that countries with the greatest advertising spend have the least expressed satisfaction with life. Period. Like, it's quite, it's, it's quite a remarkable graph, actually. <laughs> so, and uh, guess who has the greatest advertising spend? You know, Let it's remarkable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we live, it's, it's so remarkable. We live, it's so hard for us to wrap our heads around how much plenty we have because we are constantly being told it's not enough. And it's impossible for us to wrap our heads around like how fantastic and beautiful and wonderful we are because we're constantly being told we are not specific. Like there were like <laughs> engines, engines, like the world is like the engine of the world is our dissatisfaction, which is wild, but true. And we have to recognize this and ask ourselves, do we want to accept this? To what degree do we want to welcome this into our lives? And it's forced upon us and we, we, we can go ahead and welcome it because, you know, we are human beings and our health matters and how we feel about ourselves matters and like all that kind of stuff. Like it matters, you know, in our aesthetic expression and, and that sort of thing, our comfort in our own skin, it all matters. But we have to acknowledge that it is it is pushed on us and therefore to decide intentionally like to see it as as something that is forced on us and then to say, OK, how much am I going to opt in? I think it's really, really hard for us to step outside of these goals when we are actively participating in what is being sold to us. And so I don't know, maybe delete Instagram for a week and see how that feels. <laughs> um it's it's uh, it's pretty remarkable, you know, and the accounts we follow and just, I mean, I know I say this all the time, but like just watching movies, just looking at magazines, just like seeing these idealized images, um, hanging out in parts of the world where that sort of thing is common, the social circles we inhabit, like the people we surround ourselves with, the type of stuff they talk about, like it so matters. If you surround yourself with people who don't care about this kind of thing, I promise you, you will care less, period. Like we are composites of the people around us and the media we consume. <laughs> people ask me a lot about how I like manage to be X, Y, and Z certain kinds of ways. How are you so hopeful? How are you so joyful? How are you so peaceful? All those kinds of things. I am super intentional about the things I expose myself to because I know that subconsciously it's always a part of me and the friends in my life so intentional, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, so all of which is to say, like, pay attention to that. Um, I think it's, I think it's really, really important. Um, and I would suggest um, pivoting your attention to something else. So humans are wired fundamentally to always be seeking. And I envision our, our like dopamine system is basically a system of like constantly seeking. Like as animals, if we didn't have this biochemical, I'm going to go ahead and call it a cycle of going out and pursuing things and then being a little bit dissatisfied and then pursuing new things. If we didn't have that, we would never do anything, right? We need the biochemical ability to want to go get stuff and then to go get it and then to want to go get more things and then to go get it. Um, 
it's, it's just kind of how we work. And so the trick is to acknowledge this and then to channel it in a way that is conducive to our flourishing. And in our society, which is so image driven and, you know, so driven by dissatisfaction, and we end up channeling that a lot into the way that we look and thinking, oh, we'll get more love. We'll get more this. We'll get more that. <laughs> um, a, like, I think it's important to cultivate satisfaction with the love that we have and to constantly be looking on to connect with people based on things outside of how we look. Right. So we want to meet that drive for love in other ways. And also we want to channel our drives into all kinds of things that are healthy for us and think about self-growth and like building social circles where people prioritize growth and growing. You know, my goals are becoming more honest and authentic and getting in touch with myself and connecting with lost acquaintances and going out and volunteering because actually that's not just good for my community, but it turns out that it's a huge support to my own experience of health, right? And my own experience of connectedness. And I'm going to like do all this other kind of stuff. And I'm going to surround myself with people who validate that. And so then we all just like really celebrate that together. Like these are, this is when I'm trying to decide what to do with my life, I ask myself, what kind of world do I want to live in? And then what kind of person should I be such that I am actively creating that world just by the choices I make every day? And as you know, again, like, yeah, do I work out almost every day? Yep. Like, am I intentional about how I eat? Yep. Are these things primarily for my help? My health? Yep. Do I think about aesthetics while I do that? Yeah. I can't help it. Like I'm human, you know? Um, we all do, but I try to keep that really low down on the list of things I think about when I walk out the door every morning. <laughs> and um, the hugest, most important thing is I, how am I growing? And when we surround ourselves with communities that think that way as well, then just all of the image stuff becomes less important to us, you know, because we're social beings. So I don't know. I talked around about a bunch of different kinds of concepts, but um, there's a bunch of, I don't know. That's how I answer questions. So. No, I, I really, I don't, I don't have anything to add there because I was literally sitting and listening to you like, uh-huh, uh-huh, like evaluating <laughs> my life, evaluating my communities. And then I'm like, oh, I have to actually answer this question. I felt like I was in the audience. I That was a really good comprehensive overview of all of the things, all of the things. I love the way you phrased this though, Jody, which is like, how do you set healthy boundaries, which acknowledges mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like, we're always going to be bombarded with it. And I think that that is the first thing as women in the modern world, we just have to accept that it is a part of our society. It is a part of our culture. It's a part of how we were raised. And we have all of these fingerprints on us and you can't really wash them off. You know, we, the magazines we saw, our our mothers, our influences, you know, our, the shows we watch, all of that stuff. As we have grown your history, that's another, that's another little thing about you. And it, it can't, it can't be just erased. And I feel like sometimes that's what we want. We we're like, why are we still struggling with this? Or why did I shouldn't want this? Why do I still want it? And acceptance and understanding it's okay. It's just going to be a part of the way that we exist is, is crucial because then you can separate yourself from it. You can see it, acknowledge it and say, sure, I could. 
Sure, I could make a new weight loss goal after I've already reached my goal and I feel great and I've, you know, all the things checked, all the boxes. Sure, I could. But here are all the sacrifices that I would have to make. Here are all the potential risks of that. And I'm choosing not to. I'm choosing not to go down that path. So that gives you a little bit of freedom in and of itself. That is a boundary in and of itself to say, yeah, like I see you, I hear you, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, yeah, I see that commercial. Yeah, I see that tactic going on in my newsfeed, but I'm choosing not to engage, <laughs> disengage. So whether it is, yeah, I loved, I loved your thoughts, Stephanie, about being very thoughtful. Of course, we talk about social media and media in general, but it really does boil down to who are you surrounding yourself with on a daily basis and who are you engaging with and what are those conversations that you're having and what are what is that what are the groups that you're a part of what do the, what are, what are those values what are those things that you are elevating and i do think it's hard different types of people are motivated by different types of things and you know personality testing and all that kind of stuff can give you more insight into yourself but for me in particular I have kind of not I wouldn't say I'm a people pleaser but I liked to be, I like to be liked. I like to, you know, I kind of mold myself often to whoever I am around because I and not in a bad way, just in a more relatable way because I want to be liked by that person or I want that person to feel connected or I want that person to feel comfortable. And so growing up, especially as a teenager, I always wanted to like please or be liked and not to say that I wasn't, but that led me to wanting to do things like whatever, lose weight or um, eat in a certain way or move in a certain way or be good at this or that, whether it was exercise or triathlons or running marathons, like whoever was like getting the most attention or was liked the most, that is who I wanted to emulate. You know, and I think that that's a struggle probably for a lot of kids, a lot of high schoolers. And so, you know, you have to be able to take a step back and look at yourself, too, and say, how can I get out of my own way, so to speak, which is really hard to mm -hmm. do. But how can I recognize these certain things about myself, which is mm, sometimes I take it a little bit too like I don't have to be liked, you know, like you don't have to be liked by everybody. And you can actually take a step back. And even though you like really want those people to be your friends, are they really good friends? Like, do you really need to be a part of that circle? Do you really need those people to like you? So it it might mean cutting some people out. It might mean saying no thank you to little group hangout sessions or whatever. And being a part of communities that value the same things that you value. And that's kind of a harder aspect of this. But it has to happen. Um, I find it really interesting your other question which is my why is it so hard to say my goal is to stay just the way I am and literally Stephanie you just answered this so perfectly it was it's it's because in our society is built especially in the US though in particular I would say probably the pressure is greater but you know we're always pressured to be bettering ourselves to be making goals whether it is physical related or not but to be you know hustlers and working hard and 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 doing more doing more always doing more and so being content is not really a value 
that is celebrated. Mm-mm. But that doesn't mean that it's wrong or bad. And so I think that, again, you just have to evaluate, what am I gaining by being content? What do I, what do I now get to invite into my life by being content versus discontentment and always trying to do more? So when you look at it on paper, when you put it down, when you do the pros and cons list and you make an a, a proactively make a decision, you'll see that being content, you're, you know, having a goal of just staying the way you are is actually proactive and there are a lot of benefits to it. It's not being quote unquote lazy or, or basic or whatever. It's actually being, it's a very intentional choice and it allows many things to happen in your life that maybe you're exactly where you want to be. So love it, love it, love it. Anything else from you? No, that was great. Now that I am approaching 40, I have been using adaptogens to manage stress, lack of sleep, and random period issues when I haven't slept because my kids woke me up multiple times or I'm dealing with a stressful deadline or work situation. I always supplement with ashwagandha mid-morning to help my body manage the stress or the lack of sleep. I also love Vitex or Chasteberry. There is so much research on how it can help relieve PMS symptoms like headaches and mood changes or even cycle irregularities. And the only place I get adaptogen blends is Organifi. They have clinical doses of adaptogen blends, and they make them in really good tasting drinks. Adaptogens are herbs and functional mushrooms that help your body adapt to stress. Research shows adaptogens can balance cortisol, combat fatigue, enhance focus, ease depression and anxiety, and support proper hormone function. I like to take the green juice, which has ashwagandha mid-morning, and I take gold every night before bed. It's my nightcap with reishi. I just mix it with hot water and it helps me relax. And starting in September of 2023, they now have gold pumpkin spice, which is my absolute favorite. I would drink it year round if they made it available. It's only available for a few months. So get it now. Support your body, energy, immunity, and stress with Organifi. Organifi takes pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. These are clinical doses of adaptogens. So you actually feel the difference. Go to Organifi.com forward slash well-fed and use code well-fed for 20% off. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash well-fed and use coupon code well-fed for 20% off. Question number two is from Inga, she says, is a mineral supplement required if we filter our water? No. Do you want me to answer this? What do you think? Okay. I think so. What do you think? Okay. So it depends on the filter. So if you're doing reverse osmosis, which I do love, the gold (laughs) standard. Okay. So filtering water is is a risk assessment depending on how you decide to filter your water. When I was using just a regular carbon block filter, I would not add any minerals back. Um, But now that we are doing reverse osmosis because I wanted to get out heavy metals and prescription drug residue and all of that kind of stuff, it does pull out some minerals, but not all. That is another misconception. It's not pulling every single mineral out. Um, I also looked into the research about how much how many minerals are we actually getting from water? And it's usually, there are four main minerals and it's a very low amount, under 10% typically come from water. If you were to be drinking eight glasses a day and you're 
diet was very deficient in these minerals. So there is no literature and no science that shows that when you drink water that is reverse osmosis purified, that doesn't have any minerals, it quote unquote leaches minerals from your body. Of course, your body's going to use the minerals stored in your body if you're drinking water and it doesn't have any minerals because minerals are needed for the, you know, for water to be absorbed into cells. But if you're eating a mineral-rich diet, you could do a, you could do a few things to be safe. You could sprinkle just a little pinch of sea salt into your water, which I think Steph turned me on to that like years and years ago. I think I think you're like just a little sprinkle of sea salt, unprocessed sea salt, which has a bunch of trace minerals. I do that in my kids' drinks, um, especially on hot days. You could also just use trace mineral drops and put like one drop, one, like one to two drops in a large, this is, what it was, I just got this recently, 25 ounces. Like I would just put like a couple of uh, drops in there. Just if you're feeling like you're mineral deficient or you've gotten a hair tissue mineral analysis and you're like, yeah, yeah, I need a little bit more minerals. Like, Yeah. That's something that you could do. Do I feel like you do? I think you need to like pressure yourself to be taking a bunch of mineral supplements. Not necessarily. If you're going to take a mineral supplement, I would actually get your minerals tested so that you can figure out what you're deficient in and then supplement from there in the right ratios according to what you're deficient in. Anything else from you? No, I think that that's, um, I think that that's great, you know, and, and like a lot of in the electrolyte stuff, you know, which is kind of related like a little bit of salt and a squeeze of lemon you know you get your sodium you get your potassium uh that yeah that uh that works for me question number three i love this question it's from paula she says favorite sleep tips over the years for adults to optimize sleep quality and sleep disturbances in kids grinding thrashing and when apnea is rolled out adenoids too which i can touch on that just just briefly but you told me you went to bed at 8.45 and you're waking up at freaking 5 a.m. Talk yeah. to me about that. What are you doing to optimize your sleep or have have you had to do anything? Well, it's so funny coming back and forth into this country. I am just so furious about all of the ways that food is modified to like ensnare our taste buds to the detriment of our health. Like, I mean, period, right? That's part of why this, that's why this podcast exists. <laughs> but um, so I always have to adjust, right? Because if I'm eating things that are like not just plain old fruits and vegetables, the the labels are different and what's allowed on labels. And so I was accidentally, so I've been, I've been eating cereal recently and I was accidentally eating four to five fortified cereal has a bunch of B vitamins in it. If you eat that before you go to sleep, you're not going to be able to sleep. I'm, I'm not. Other people might. I'm not. <laughs> and so, and then, and there's like soy and different things and flax and different things and all this kind of stuff. But I do have some MTHFR issues. Um, and I think I have noticed. So I accidentally was like supplementing with B vitamins. <laughs> And then I actually think I noticed that it's it is helping with with my sleep if I do them earlier in the day. Um, B six is is quite helpful for sleep, and maybe I was low on it. So anyway, I am I am sleeping a little bit better. I've been putting these. Um, this is completely not useful to anybody other than me, so I don't know what I'm talking about it. So there's that, and then also uh, you did ask. Um, I've been putting these plastic vents in my nose. You know that I have that 
like breathing. Um, you all know that I still have difficulty with my breathing since the surgery and all that. Um, and they make these little inserts, you know, so when people sleep, they make these snore strips that you yeah. can like put on the outside and they pull, but they make little inserts that you put on the inside. Oh, and it's just changed my life just really? so radically. Yeah. It's not, it's not perfect, but oh man, it feels so good. Air goes so quick and easy up my nostrils in ways that they never have before. Um, and it's again, it's not perfect, but um, yeah, they're little silicon like things. Um, I've seen them. I've seen them before on Instagram. I'm sleeping better than ever. And I'm like, wow, was this, was this a secret? All like, I mean, who knows? Like, you know what I mean? I've always had difficulty sleeping and and not being able to breathe deeply is a huge detriment to being able to sleep by the way. (laughs) So, so, so that's, that's helped me a lot. Um, but I've also like, I have let myself shift my circadian rhythm earlier, which I, I just, I've always known it's, it's better. Like, and I haven't even gone to meet the dance community here in North Carolina and I'd really love to, but I just, I don't want to stay up super late. I just don't. I love, I woke up this morning and I went for a run and the moon was out <laughs> like, and it was completely dark <laughs> and it was like me and the moon and some deer. And, and it was just, it was awesome, you know? And then I like got to the cafe and watched the sunrise. So I just, I really, I enjoy it. You know, um, I was sleeping badly because of, I think all of the stuff in the, in the diet here. Um, but I think I'm hitting my rhythm. So what are my favorite sleep tips? Okay. <laughs> um, consistency really helps a consistent sleep and wake times really help. Um, I've got orange light filters on all my stuff. I think when you're talking about kids, knowing what's in food is so important, man, people just so many people have difficulty sleeping in this country and have no idea that they're eating foods that are like super, super salty. If you're eating processed foods, probably have MSG in them. Monosodium glutamate. Glutamate is an excitatory neurotransmitter. If you have difficulty sleeping, read your labels. And it's people are allowed to just put natural flavors or spices in this country. So if that's on your label, there could be MSG in it. I'm just saying. But even like something super salty can upset your electrolyte balance in a way that can you know, make you a little bit alert, make you a little bit dehydrated, that sort of thing. Um, you know, high blood pressure, uh, all that kind of stuff um, can play a role in sleep. And there's caffeine and stuff that you don't anticipate. There's B vitamins and stuff that you don't anticipate. These are stimulants, right? So when we're talking about kids, checking labels is so huge. And Whole foods, whole foods diet is so important. Carbs are nice later in the day. I prefer to sh- people, you know, we spoke in our last podcast about the normalcy of like only having a protein rich meal at dinner, a big heavy dinner with a lot of protein. That doesn't work for me. Like protein in the morning and small doses throughout the day, it works so much better for me. And then I do my carbs at night because they help with tryptophan and the blood brain barrier. Um, I do take a little bit of magnesium in the evenings. I'm looking forward to trying Noel's magnesium. I haven't done it yet. Um, it's on the list of things to do. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's it. And I do, I like caffeine early in the morning. I think it's a nice anchor. It helps me solidify my circadian rhythm. Um, but that's, that's particular to each person, you know? Yeah. And the fact that you're seeing the sunrise and you're seeing, I mean, that's huge too, for like anchoring your circadian rhythms. Oh yeah. Get outside. Like look at the sun, vitamin D sun exposure during the day is so important for me. It's part of why I feel really comfortable not currently living in Oxford. I mean, we'll see what happens in the future, but um, yeah. So those are my faves. 
And let me ask you about the little nose. So have you tried the little breathe right strips before? Yes, I have. They're, they're far less effective for me. Um, but also, I mean, for me and for anybody who has a deviated septum or something like that, these, um, inserts create like a cone. There's two different kinds that you can get on like Amazon and go look at them. Some of them are like little cones and other ones are, uh, and they're inflexible and other ones are like kind of squishy. Um, and they're like complete cylinders. I like the ones that are complete cylinders, but you, you know, you do you. Um, but when you put inserts in your nose, they, 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 they create a, a shape that presses against the whole inside of your nostril. Whereas if you do a breathe right strip, it's just pulling on the outside wall and has it exerts nothing on the inside. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like your septum mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and um, air that moves into your sinuses gets hotter and drier if it moves through irregularly in an in, across like an irregular surface area or shape and therefore inflames your sinuses. And I know this very intimately because I feel it. I, I know what it feels like. And then when it inflames your sinuses, it creates mucus, which creates congestion and headaches. Oh um, Lord, this is my child. Yeah. And so if you put, if you use the little silicone inserts and they have tiny little ones, they're very little, I bet the extra smalls would fit in her nose. Um, if you use the complete cylindrical insert, then it creates a little, a very smooth surface area. Um, here, I'll show you. I've got one right here. <laughs> um, so um, it looks like this. Wow. And so that like that cylinder creates a. Um, so it's actually connected. So the two cylinders arc for people who are not watching or put this in her nose. The two cylinders are actually connected. So there's no way it would like go up your nose or anything like that there. Yeah. So I have actually cut the slip between them and tried putting them like in separately, but that doesn't work. It, it does a little bit, but it's much better to just leave them connected. Um, and they've got all different kinds of sizes and you find the size. And then I actually like have found the angle, the right angle for me to push them up. <laughs> and but, but like this smooth surface area and the widening, I am breathe. I am able to breathe with my diaphragm because if you can't breathe through your nose, your whole like lungs and everything in your neck tenses up trying to like get as much air as it can. Yeah. But if you've got a smooth breathing passages here, then it just goes easy. It goes so much easier. It's really helped with my headaches. So interesting. I love that. Yeah. So this became a question about Stephanie's nostrils, but, um, well, uh, quite frankly, you know, the more that I have been researching and doing stuff to help my child, I realized, I mean, even my husband has sleep apnea issues, but it all, you know, the root cause is more tongue tie and, you know, airway issues and all that kind of stuff. But I am amazed. I'm amazed at how many people actually struggle with sleep and their underlying root cause is sleep apnea. Now, a lot of people think sleep apnea is huge. It's a huge problem, but they think it's this like big thing, Mm. but it actually, a lot of people struggle with it and don't know that they do because it can, it can just be a disruption. It can be repeated waking up. It can be, um, you know, if you're even just like a minor occasional snorer, like you could even not be a snorer and struggle with it. So I, I think that that could be very, very helpful. I just had, I just went over this with a friend recently. So here's what I will say about the ultimate sleep tips. One, put on your blue light blocking glasses two hours before bed. It's a non-negotiable. Even if you're like, I don't think it helps, put them on. Even if you are (laughs) on screens, 
flip them on, turn overhead lights off in your nightstand lights in your bedroom, have either red, just, just use the red bulbs. It's weird at first, but it makes such a difference. We got all of that stuff from bond charge, bondcharge.com slash well-fed. It literally has changed our lives. I can't even imagine now like when I'm at a hotel and it's like all these lights and I'm like, how do people just do this where they're like, <laughs> have all these bright lights and they turn off the lights and they're expected to go to bed. So that does such huge things for just shifting melatonin production on for me. But we do watch TV at night um, and I have the glasses on. We'll have one of our lights on in the in the bedroom and then that lights a red light. So the, you know, it's just chill overall. Shift, let your body shift down, let your nervous system shift down. Magnesium, of course, has been super helpful. L-theanine has been a game changer. I am not going to go into it, but I actually do take my more chill. And occasionally I will add another 200 milligrams of L-theanine. So if you take more chill and it works for you, awesome. It will for the majority of the population. For me, I take another 200 isolated um, 200 milligrams of L-theanine. And so I'm getting 200 milligrams of magnesium lysinate lysinate, which is, of course, a more chill form of magnesium. (laughs) (laughs) I just said my name and I didn't even realize it. Um, Uh, More chill magnesium for a reason, but it is it's a it's a form that is known to help improve sleep and relaxation and all that kind of stuff. So take that form of magnesium, take L-theanine. If you have a more stressy day, you feel more overwhelmed, you're anxious about something, your head is spinning, take another 200 milligrams of just L-theanine. So you're taking 400 milligrams of L-theanine, 200 milligrams of magnesium. Reishi, I do believe has helped. Organifi makes a gold chocolate and gold blend. I just drink the gold. Oh, they're going to have a, they're launching a pumpkin spice reishi nighttime drink. It is so good. I would just drink the pumpkin spice all year if I could, but I do believe reishi's helped me chill out too. The last thing that I think has truly helped is when I wake up in the middle of the night, I do take CBD oil. Now this hasn't happened in a while. And I'll say this, I find that Okay, so my kids still wake up in the middle of the night. And it's so hard for me because when I'm up and I wake up, I have a very hard time shifting back into sleep. And so when I wake up, if I know it's going to be a rough night, so my kid, one of my kids is sick, I'll actually take 160 milligrams of CBD oil by Feels, F-E-A-L-S. I'll take that at the start of the night. And I tell you what, it really (laughs) helps. It really helps. So like if I wake up in the middle of the night, I can go right back to sleep. If I didn't take it and a kid is waking me up or screaming or something, I will get back into bed after taking care of them and take some CBD oil and that will help me go back to sleep. So that weirdness of I'm up, I'm stimulated, I'm having a hard time getting back to sleep. That's usually a CBD oil trick for me, but it's never... It's not, I don't wake up anymore because of the L-theanine. I don't wake up randomly in the middle of the night and I can't get back to sleep. It's always, I've been woken up by a child. Mm, Um, So that's cool. But you know, that's when CBD oil comes in. If you have unexplained or even occasional digestive issues like myself, or you just want to support your body in the absorption of nutrients, 
digestive enzymes are your first defense. And I have a 20% off coupon code for you, which I'm very excited about. Even though I eat nutrient-dense foods and I don't eat foods I'm reactive to, I still have random digestive issues occasionally, especially when stressed, traveling, or eating out. I ended up doing some research on different enzymes that help digest protein, lactose, and even carbohydrates and wanted something that had hydrochloric acid since stomach acid is often suppressed when we're stressed. I found all of that in something called Digestive Complex. It has a blend of 10 different digestive enzymes, including lactase, to help with dairy digestion and protease for protein digestion, and a blend of herbs like licorice and marshmallow root, which are calming for the stomach. When I tell you this has completely changed my digestion, I am not exaggerating. I take them almost daily now, specifically with cheese since I'm trying to up my protein intake, and I have zero issues with dairy. And about one to two times a week, I take them at night, just after dinner, if my stomach is a little sour or off, and every single time, it resolves it. I now have a bottle in my purse. It goes everywhere with me. I travel with them and always take them, especially when I'm eating out at restaurants. Digestive Complex is a synergistic formula that provides support for healthy digestion and relief from occasional discomfort like gas, bloating, and indigestion, I think just about everyone should have a bottle on hand to proactively help your body digest food, especially if you're dealing with a chronic condition or you're under stress. And for a limited time, you can get 20% off Digestive Complex. Just go to mdlogichealth.com forward slash digestive and use coupon code WELLFED20 for 20% off. Again, that's MD Logic Health. So MD L O G I C H E A L T H dot com forward slash digestive and use coupon code WELLFED20 for 20% off. And you always get free shipping on orders of $50 or more. Sleep disturbances with kids. Listen to my interview with Dr. Michelle of Living Well with Dr. Michelle. Sleep disturbances with kids. If kids are grinding, why do you, does any do you know why kids grind their teeth or why people grind their teeth in general? So like get, get it's actually because they're you're not getting enough oxygen. So oh, yeah, that's me for sure. So your body is trying to get stimulate your your yeah, yeah, yeah. body to start breathing more, breathing again. So teeth grinding is a surefire sign that you have airway issues. She's showing me her snot things, her, her, her nostril tubes. That's good. Um, That's good. Nostril tubes. I like it. <laughs> nostril tubes. Thrashing when apnea is rolled out, adenoids too. Still could be airway issues. So what you need to do is take your child to an airway special dentist. Now, there, this is not every dentist, but there are quite a few of them now. That And when you listen to my episode with Dr. Michelle, she will tell you exactly how to start finding someone who is trained in airway orthodontics or airway dentistry, because this is a new thing that is becoming much more popular. And I get it now. I'm like, wow, this is at the root of so many things. We are a generation who have removed teeth, shrunk down mouths with braces, and we try to make things straight. But in, at the same time, we have shrunk down our jaw and our our palates and that directly impacts the airway on the backside of your your nose and your throat and your mouth and if you can actually especially with kids if you can get at it early with something like an alf device alf device 
that's a light wire, a light wire appliance that actually slowly increases the size of the palette in order to correct these palette issues. Um, high palettes or just small creates it creates spaces for teeth, but it also actually improves airway function. So if your kid has dark circles under the eyes, that's a lack of oxygen issue. If your child, if any, if you, if anybody snores, that is a hundred percent an airway issue. If you so if your kid is a heavy mouth breather, snores at night, 100% airway issue. Um, what you could do, and again, I'll do this all separately, but I I actually went to the dentist myself. I went to an airway dentist and I got my own cone beam, a 3D cone beam scan. And they actually said, you should have about a two, I think it was 200 millimeters, should be the distance in the back of your mouth and basically the back of your throat, nose, mouth it should be about 200 millimeters. And mine was like 70. So they were like, I think you should probably do a sleep apnea test. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to do that. But um, so I have to kind of figure out what my next steps are. But we didn't even do that with Stella. We did not do a cone beam scan or anything like that. We just looked at her symptoms. And my orthodontist looked at her and said, yeah, she's got a very small high palate. She's a mouth breather. She's got shine. She's got allergy shiners or those dark circles under her eyes. She's grinding her teeth at night. Um, she's definitely a candidate. Her tonsils are enlarged. She's definitely a candidate for the ALF device. So I would absolutely look into that. You can actually look into ALF device, people who are pro proficient in the ALF device, dentists and orthodontists um, on their website. I can link to that in the show notes, but it's early intervention is absolutely key. and. Finding someone who is proficient in this stuff is also key. Don't just go to any random dentist. Go to somebody who has those before and after pictures of intentional appliances that can help create space in your palate and improve airway function. Um, because the before and afters are crazy. Like a typical sign of airway issues is jaws that are kind of pushed back, faces that are flat, um, narrow narrowing of the face. And uh, like big gum lines when you smile, big, almost like horse teeth or horse mouth, that's all very, very narrow palate, very narrow airway. Um, and that's kind of how our, your, your face shapes as you, because of the lack of oxygen and the small palate. So um, man, the before and afters are crazy. You can, you see kids who have very narrow jaws all of a sudden have these like, you know, square, strong jaws. Um. Anyway, okay, so last question is from Sarah. She says, for some reason, I keep getting breakouts on my shoulders, back, and neck, and occasionally my chest. I also get them on my face occasionally. I'm curious if I'm allergic to something. I take a shower as soon as I'm done working out. Would love to hear what the possibilities could be. Is it diet-related? Do I need a special kind of soap? Or is it hormonal? It is very annoying. Mm, I'm going to have to say yes to all three. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so this kind of acne is uh, often associated with elevated uh, oil production. And the spots that you point out are all places in the body where there is uh, more oil production. And this can be stimulated by higher levels of, quote unquote, male sex hormones, testosterone, and DHEAS. Now, testosterone is uh, stimulated if you have higher circulating insulin levels. So if you are pre-diabetic or type two diabetic or, or, or if you consume a high sugar diet and therefore you're causing your body to 
produce a lot of insulin a lot because you're putting a lot of sugar in your blood and then asking your body to make insulin. Um, these kinds of things uh, can all be associated with that. Uh, and DHEAS, the other male sex hormone that can participate in this. Um, it's actually, uh, it's I called it a male sex hormone, but it's uh, it's similar, but it's produced by the adrenal glands and is a stress response. So if you're stressed, uh, then that is also uh, potentially a underlying factor. Now, these are also areas where your body sweats, right? The relationship is um, not coincidental. It's also where, where you sweat a lot. And so it's quite common to have breakouts in, in these areas if you wear clothing when you work out that is tight to your skin. I would really recommend trying to work out in loose clothing and seeing what happens. Um, wear a form of underwear that doesn't like conform to your bum, wear shorts that are nice and loose and flowy, wear a flowy top. Um, if you can get away with, you know, a, a thin bra strap or what have you try wearing flowy stuff and see if it helps. That's a, that's a, uh, it's a one really nice, easy solve there. Um, and then also a special soap, uh, not necessarily, um, although, I mean, we've we've talked about those options here before. I do think showering immediately is uh, quite important. So good for you for doing that. You might want to like gently exfoliate with like physical exfoliation or um, we talked about this a few episodes back. Glycolic acid, is that the acid that um, is good for exfoliating? Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, I think it's either an AH or BH. I think it's an AH, but it's like a, yeah, an exfoliant. Yeah. AH. Yes, that is correct. And uh, yeah, I used the purple one, as I said on the podcast, the purple <laughs> one on it, the KP doctor. Um, oh, that's for keratosis pilaris, but it can, you know, whatever, if you're, if you're trying to exfoliate, it can, it can help anywhere. Um, so yeah, that's that. And then like, you know, reducing inflammation in your diet and doing all of the things in terms of what you eat to try to help promote healthy skin is of course really important. Making sure you have a nice balance of fats and proteins and carbs and, and all that kind of um, stuff. I I won't go into detail. <laughs> what um, do you think? I, I would say, Sarah, by the way, I know Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Um, I would say personally, not like... <laughs> um, I, so I know she has a, a fairly anti-inflammatory diet. So that's where I'm going to come from with that. I think that, okay, so here's what I would do because it's like, is it coming? So this is typically known as acne vulgaris. It's a, it's typically a hormonal and, but we know everything impacts hormones. So that's why stuff's like, well, it's all three, right? So it is typically hormonally driven. It's typically higher testosterone. There are some studies. I will link to one in the show notes. I was just kind of like, I wonder what, you know, when somebody has this body acne, back and shoulders, do we, have we looked at, is there a study that has actually looked at these people who have acne vulgaris and like, have they looked at their hormones? And they have. And there was about a thousand studies that have looked at different testosterone levels and serum levels of this and that. And it has found that there's higher testosterone, typically a little bit uh, higher progesterone and insulin-like growth factor and insulin are increased in patients with acne vulgaris. And then serum estrogen levels are are typically low, which is super interesting to me. So what's causing that? Could be a lot of things. I would say 
first and foremost. You figure out, is it the clothes I'm wearing or the tightness of my clothes or is this topical in any way, shape or form? You could stop working out and see that if it changes it for like, if you go on vacation for a week or two and you're not working out and you're not sweating a lot in your clothes. I mean, this is the perfect time. It's fall. We're, we're headed into the winter. You may not be sweating as much. See if it goes away. Then you have your grounding of like, okay, if it went away, then it is my clothes and I need to really figure out what's going with that. Maybe I really figure out, maybe I get a charcoal bar and use that on my body so that I'm absorbing this excess oil because that's what it is. When testosterone increases, you have excess sebum production. So figure out if it is the working out or the not. And if you stop working out and you go on vacation or it gets chilly and you're not sweating a lot and you're still getting it, then you know it is internal. And that's what you need to be hacking. So you could do a hormone test, like a Dutch hormone test, figure out what are the exact things going on. Or you could really look at how do I improve testosterone levels and adrenal hormones? So are you super stressed right now? Did this start at any specific point in time in which your life was more stressful than not? Yeah. What triggered it? You know, it's like, when did this start? And then figure out, okay, can I be doing less high intensity, more walking, stuff like that that's more a little bit recovery oriented so that you can lower your stress, adrenal hormones, insulin. I mean, even insulin, that's, we've done a whole episode on this, but like blood sugar issues aren't just from eating too many carbs. Stress. What? Stress. (laughs) It can absolutely be caused by stress. So evaluate that in your life. Bring in some charcoal. I do love a good charcoal bar. That's what I use in the shower. Um, If you really feel like you need to get a Dutch hormone test or hormone test in general, that may provide some insight. I like your flowy clothes idea. Yeah. I mean, I would start with flowy clothes. It, It totally depends for everybody. I This hormone profile is quite related to stress and the kinds of PCOS that I used to see, like that I had, like that's, this is the hormone profile that I had. And I'm not saying anybody here has PCOS. I'm not saying that, but like, um, but there are, you know, different ways that hormones can become disrupted and not eating that much and exercising a lot, um, does kind of predispose the body to underproduce things like estrogen sometimes. And then overproduce produce things like DHEAS and maybe even testosterone, especially if you're stressed, which does have a blood sugar effect. So, um, yeah, I think that that's all. Um, that's all great. That's important. Cool. Um, yeah, I think we did it. We did it. Oh wait, sorry, I wanted one more thing. Um, for this kind of acne, a short term thing. It's not a long term thing, but a short term thing that could help would might be trying to remove dairy. Um, because dairy's got a lot of like insulin growth, like it's got growth, like factors in it. Um, so you could try and see if that helps, but it, it, that's just like a short-term stopgap, you know? Yeah, no, that's good. Good advice. Okay. Thank you, Stephanie. Woo. Thank you, Noelle. Thanks for Thanks, keeping fam. us on track. This is great. For more from <laughs> Stephanie at stephanie.ruper, for more from me at coconuts and kettlebells. Thanks for being here, guys. We will talk to you next week. Bye.